This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. I'd like to welcome back to the show a good friend of mine, Lowell Whiteman. Hello, Lowell. How are you? Adam, it's a pleasure to talk to you in this capacity. It's been a while. It has been a while. Uh, We've been doing this public affairs radio show for over a decade, and I would say it's been five years, maybe, since I've had you on the show. We started the show, we were really focused on athletics, uh, a term that was new called player development. And basically, we talked a lot about how to, uh, or how student athletes, especially on the college level, uh, got involved with their community service to help uh, others around them, and that was uh, a big topic of this public affairs show. You are affectionately affectionately have been known as Coach Whiteman, uh, yeah. and now I understand you are, I need to call you something new, Dr. Lowell Whiteman. Dr. Whiteman yeah. is joining us. So somehow yeah. over the years, I just kept doing a, a, a terrible radio show, and you became a doctor. Yeah, and I, uh, I, to my own detriment, I don't push it too hard, but I've been advised that that's not the right thing to do when you paid so much money and time to accomplish it. Well, you've earned it. I mean, Lord yeah. knows if I, <laughs> I'm telling you, Lowell, if I earned my doctorate, you would be calling me Dr. Ritz right now. <laughs> Uh, but you can just call me Adam, uh, yeah. and I don't. No one calls me Coach Adam either. So, so you've got uh, some some student athletes you've worked with in the past uh, that call you Coach. Uh, your current, yeah. I guess, clients or clientele uh, call you Doctor. Uh, for our listeners, r- real quick. Um, oh, actually, not. We've got time. I mean, as long as you want to take, explain. Yeah. You know what your focus is, what your uh, doctorate was in, uh, and what you're doing now um, with your. I don't even know if they're called clients or clientele or who you're trying to help. Yeah, it's it's clients on the individual basis most often, Adam, and and that's a really good good way to start because there's a lot of misconception about what I do and it's mental performance coaching. So I'm taking the mind and the performance related to the activity that your mind causes you to do, the actions as Nike would say, get it get it done, right? Mm-hmm. Get it moving. But I contend that Nike has a step before that, which is think it through. So mental performance coaching is what I do. I start with the individual because those individuals are the parts, the essential parts that make up the team or the culture. So over the years, when athletes have moved on to a corporate position, I tend to hang around with them uh, because there's transition time. So Mm -hmm. I now have individual athletes who are heads of corporations, running businesses, in addition to the individual athletes that oftentimes um, their agents, uh, the general managers, leadership in the organization calls upon me to come in and, and solve a problem. And I don't, I tend to stay away from the word problem or failure, unless we're talking about how it's going to benefit improving me. So if you were to say, we have a problem here at Houston, I'd say, no, you have an opportunity to get better. And that's where I (laughs) tend to land. You are the ultimate, uh, uh, you know, optimist. That's a very optimistic way of looking at a problem. 
Well, and you know, there are lots of there are lots of soothsayers out there, and I picked that term, I you know, from purpose, because soothsayers are people that have a, an opinion based on a perception, and I try to have a set of um, opinions and facts based on results, actual seeing it happen, making it do what it needs to do. Um, there's a lot of work going on in uh, what's called flow, the art of flow and flow mechanics, and that's the extreme sport people. I've got a few of those. Those are the crazy crazy athletes that jump off cliffs that look like Rocky the Squirrel, or they mountain climb and jump from one chasm to the next without any ropes. But they are also part of how we learn about just taking the next step. As Martin Luther King says, don't look at the top of the staircase, just start with taking one step. That is, I love that advice uh, because the top staircase is so far away when you're on the ground floor. Yeah. Um, and you're still based in uh, Colorado. Is that correct? Yep. Good old, good old Denver, Colorado. Um, a good place to go anywhere from. Yeah, that's a fantastic area. That's where we first met. We were doing some work together at uh, Colorado State University, a beautiful part Absolutely. of the country. Are you still go working Rams. with them? Um, and uh, I know well, you. Coaching. Yeah, coaching staffs tend to alter situations, as you well know, but uh, relationship building is part of what I do. So the athletes that I've worked with, guys that you're aware of that went on to the pros, Weston Richburg, uh, Crockett Gilmore. Uh, you got one guy that's still in the league, Shaq Barrett, down there yeah. in wonderful Tampa Bay. Shaq, he's a um, Super Bowl champion. Yeah, um, two times over, actually. With, uh, with Tampa um, so, Bay, correct? Yeah, Tampa Bay won, and uh, the the um, Denver uh, team Broncos uh, in Super Bowl Fifty. That's amazing. And yeah, it's uh, time flies when you're having so much fun. Well, I you know it's it's fun to say that your uh, your client roster is um, you know Super Bowl champion NFL stars. What uh, let, let's uh, bring it back down to earth for us that aren't in the NFL. <laughs> Um, is it different working with a, an NFL linebacker versus, uh, you know, an executive leadership of, uh, in corporate America? Well, actually I, I tend to reverse that because no, it's not quick answer is No, it's not. But I tend to lead with, it's different to work with corporate executives than it is to work with, uh, high performance athletes because the athletes solve problems much quicker because they have to, they have mm -hmm. to respond in, in seconds or microseconds to adjust and adapt. If you come with that experience into corporate America, you've got a huge transformation of your expectations because things aren't going to happen quickly. Uh, you'll recognize problems faster and you'll sit and wait as though you went into the line at the DMV. <laughs> uh, right. And you, you just, that's just what happens. So I, I tend to look at it that way because the executives respond to that analogy. They say, oh, my God, I want to be there. I want to get to that. We want to solve problems quicker and be ahead of the competition. I said, that's wonderful expectation, but take a breath. You, you've got some skills to learn. Slow it down. I, I mean, everything takes so long, especially in corporate America. Um, I, I want to talk about your book in a second. Our guest is Coach Dr. Lowell Whiteman. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You should go. You throw your middle name in there too. 
So you just have oh, like gosh, five, yeah, that there, was... so there's five uh, five complete words <laughs> and 27 syllables in your in your title. Um, well, you know, I've got degrees too. You know, that's the, that's the thing. I would be an alphabet soup at the end of a correspondence. Are you going to win all for it? Are you continuing your education? Are you you know you might as well get another I, uh, PhD. I'm well. I'm going to get what's called an honorarium, but it's because you you get to stack on top of prior education. So I've got thoughts to go on and get um, uh, certified in uh, sports psychology officially. I've got all the psychological background, but I don't have the the paper. You know, it's like being mm-hmm. a, a hybrid animal. I don't have the papers yet. Um, and so I'm going for that. And then um, I also want my MBA and you can get a certificate and MBA equivalency at Harvard. So I'm, I'm in the I'm in the thought process for those things. But, you know, all good things in time. So your new book's called Coach Me Up. It's coming out later this year. We'll talk about it in a second. Before we do that, I wanted to ask uh, our guest, Dr. Whiteman. Uh, you work <laughs> with uh, mental performance coaching, uh, educational leadership. Uh, I just wanted yep. to put you on the spot here and ask you about. Uh, I love asking guests like you uh, for a recent success story. Uh, if there's a, uh, a person in your life, uh, a client um, that you've worked with, and how they've applied what you know and what you teach in their life to uh, get a little further down that road or even get even closer to that top step. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you a progression, and it's going to have two uh, two examples. One was recent. Went to the batting cages in Seattle over the weekend with my grandsons, and there was they 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 kind of share they flow through. So another parent was there with his 14 year old son, and it very structurally looked really strong, really agile, athletic body and 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 look. And he gets up to the plate. His his the bat is wiggling, and his he's stepping and swinging, and nothing is making contact. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And I listened to his dad and I said, hey, could I, could I just say a couple things to him? He said, sure. I said, look, next time you're in, I want you to just calm the hands before you swing and make sure that you're going down through three zones, three, two, one. So you finish it, start at the top, go through the middle and at the bottom and follow through. The first three pitches he got, he made contact. I mean, solid, solid contact. So when you have the language that works, it doesn't matter who the student is if they're willing to learn. The second the second example is in my winter sports um, recently. You know, it's been a tough, tough season with pandemics and all the different things that are going on in our world about uh, youth and, and kids. So when kids respond in a way that they don't expect that I mean, you can see it on their face. They're genuine. They're, the humility is there. There's there's no wondering um, what they're going to say after they're done because the, the emotions are just pure. So I had a uh, I have a lady. She's a seven yeah seventeen year old, soon to be eighteen year old, um, downhill Nordic downhill mogul skier, freestyle mogul skier, um, and she never was on the podium uh, prior to meeting me. We have a season, we talk about visualization, and the girl is just a sponge. I could tell that just gathering everything in, and I said, okay, once you get to the place that you need to launch out of the starting gate, you need to forget everything. And she looks at me and goes, but coach, what's going to happen? I said, 
you've put the work in. Your body knows what it learned. It's pure. You, you worked really hard to get there. Now you've got to shut off the feed, shut off the, the energy of your brain to your body and just let it happen. And she tends to listen to music. And I convinced her to listen to non-lyrical music, just soundtracks. Okay. And she, and she was listening to the Dixie Chicks. So, you know, it's the rockabilly, banjo, you know, guitars, and only the soundtrack of the Dixie Chicks. Okay. The girl was the girl was on fire. I mean, coming off of the moguls, landing, cutting edges, and just just screaming. The, because the one factor that was always keeping her off the podium is she would think too much about execution, and it slowed her down. Speed is a major component of the evaluation of points. Mm-hmm. She was she was on top of the podium after that. Don't and don't, got an don't got think an too much. To, Exactly. Got and she got an invitation to the Junior Olympics team. So she's on her way um, to hopefully being in the next next Winter Olympics. Oh, that's fantastic. Now the the first young man at the batting cages in Seattle, did you did you whip up a quick invoice for his dad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's where I have a problem with my CFO. <laughs> She says, she says to me all the time, you give too much away. You know what? I hear, I hear that too. I, I totally, oh. I hear that too. I, I give a lot of, uh, I'm a, a media consultant and, uh, so many friends in the, in the media biz, I give them, uh, ideas and thoughts that, uh, turn out to help their careers. And, and my, uh, CFO also says, why do you give that away? You should charge for that. So I, I can totally well, understand and relate to, uh, you know, you out there in the ether walking around, you've got a lot of knowledge, 30 years experience. Uh, yes, you've got the, yeah. the certificates now and you, you just, I mean, our listeners can tell, I, we can tell you, you just want to help. I mean, the positivity in your voice, uh, the fact that you want to help people, it's, it's apparent and evident. Uh, and it's sometimes well, hard to turn around and say, uh, I'd like to help you. And here's how much it costs. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Adam, when you see the faces, Especially of the young people. I mean, that young man, he came out of the cage and it just ear to ear beaming. Um, and and I said, you know, you're you're in control of it now. How much you remember about what I said will will carry you from from base to base. But it's up to you. And the same thing with the young lady, even though she already kind of knew that she was well trained, has gotten some great exp- uh, experience with what we we talked about. Um She's having so much more fun, um, and it's pure. Um, and I told her, I said, I just hope it, it, it continues to the Olympics um, with her. Um, she and I will be meeting again this this next winter when she comes in for training uh, and getting ready for the real grind um, for the next level. And and that's I think there's the the thing about it, as we get segueing into the book. It's the I wrote the book not so much about athletics, even though there's just many stories about the athletes I've worked with. Um, it's about how do you make the connection, truly make a genuine connection between your brain and body, so that your confidence is not about end results. It's about the steps that get you what you want. You got to think through that process and make the connections. And and you truly like Michael Jordan. Remember that scene with Michael Jordan raising his hands against Portland where he yep. knocked down his third three-point shot in a row and he goes, "I don't know what's happening here. Yes. I'm just, you know, I'm just shooting it." He was in the zone. And now we call the zone you're in the flow. 
uh, it's just you're feeling it from tip to toe. Uh, and that's why I wrote the book, because I wanted people to understand what the differences are between conventional sports psychology or, or people confuse me with a, a career coach or a life coach. And I go, please don't do that. That's no. That, that's insane. You're going to get hate mail now from uh, from life coaches. Uh, you know, and, uh. and bring it. Please bring it. Let's have a dialogue, man. I will go with you and try to convince you to add more stuff to your agenda because who in the hell has the right to talk to me about life? Uh. <laughs> unless, unless you're 70 years old, you don't have any right to talk to me because you haven't been there yet. So the so book coach is this your uh, the book is called Coach Me Up. Uh, is this your first full book? I feel like you've written something before. Yeah, I've I've written um, a number of what what are called in in my scholarly biz white papers. Okay. Um, so you can you know you Google my name, you'll get me on different things. And I've 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 been a, a researcher, co-author with other people, but this is my first my name only my book from chapter one to chapter 10. Okay. So how was that uh, process? Um, you you oh decide, let's start from you deciding to write the book. Did you, did you have the title and that you knew the content from day one? How did it go? Well, yeah, that was, so I'm on a, I'm on a plane from Nashville to Florida and I'm sitting next to a young woman and her spouse who are going on vacation. She happens to be the editor of Turner Public Publishing in Nashville. And you know what you do on a plane. You have conversations. You strike a chord. You have more conversation. You get more stories. You reveal too much. And then you regret what you just said. <laughs> I had no regrets. No regrets whatsoever. Because she said, I think I need to publish a book. You need to write a book for me. I had no thought about writing a book. Now, I did have a podcast title, which happened to be Coach Me Up, okay. which, then became, which then became the title of the book because Turner Publishing is full circle. They want to go podcasts. They want to go po- possible talk show and, and, and run it all out. I just went, oh, damn, <laughs> this, is, this is pretty good. I, I had – so the good, you know, the good things come at most unexpected times. I, I didn't have a plan uh, to promote myself that way. Um, and I'm so grateful for Turner, to Turner Publishing uh, to to grab a hold of my ideas and and put them together into a, a, a package, and they let me create the book. Um, all the chapters are mine. I mean, they've got great editors, uh, and the process, the pandemic slowed the process down a little bit. Uh, you know, supply chain issues. Publishing needs to have ink and paper. <laughs> Go figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our digital world, um, but. Um, it's it's coming along great. It it's it's been a journey. You have to be willing to listen to another coach, my editor, and their interest is to publish a book. But boy, they can really cut deep in your 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 ego. <laughs> you are. Don't such you think an... you could have said? Don't you think you could have said it this way? Don't. Right. What about this word, Doctor Wyman? Could you? Who the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> you're like I'm Dr. Whiteman. I'm an optimist, and you're ruining my day. So back up. Uh, yeah, Coach me up is the story. book. What? So the yeah, chapters are all the, the, the chapters are all yours. Uh, how do we categorize the book? I, I this is probably going to offend you, but is it self help? What do you, what do we? If you go into a bookstore, if there was a physical bookstore, where would what section of the store is this book in? 
Yeah, it's going to be there. The bookstores are going to put it in two places because I asked that question as well. Uh, they're going to put it in the uh, what now is called personal development mm. and self-help. You know, so there's the, you know, I want to improve myself section of books. And then there's the section of books that is the um, self-help. I don't know what the difference is, but that's what they're going to do. Okay. And, uh, you know, just a few tidbits from the book. Uh, you know, who do, who do you hope to read it? What are they going to get out of it? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I hope anybody who is a player who's being coached and a player who wants to be a coach, and the third category is coaches who are currently coaching, read this book. Because I take every one of those groups – down a timeline of progress from the first time as a parent you thought about getting your kid a coach so the parent should read this to be able to pick the reasons for why i qualify a coach and then the coach who has the parents come to them and say here's my kid he's a superstar he or she is a great athlete i know they're going to go to the olympics or the super bowl or the world series and they're they're seven mm-hmm. <laughs> and the coach coach puts their hands over their face and goes, oh, my gosh, <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> um, and then the, then progress that timeline through the real experiences of becoming an all-star, becoming a college recruit, becoming a pro standout as a rookie, and then facing retirement at the ripe old age of 30 and wondering, what the hell do I do now? Mm-hmm. And the networks are asking me to come and talk about the behavior of a coach during our broadcast. So that whole continuum of experience is captured in my book, um, showcasing characters like Curtis Granderson, who played for the Yankees and the Mets and the Dodgers, or it showcases Weston Richburg, who at one point was the highest paid offensive lineman center for the NFL. Or it talks about um, uh, Ryan Lafernay, who is in his 30s still striving to realize his dream as a baseball catcher. All of those stories and what they struggled with and who were in their corners to get them where they're at today, along with all the coaches, GMs I've talked to over the years and and salting in the richness of the experiences are also part of the book. I would imagine that uh, there are so many sports analogies in corporate America. I would imagine an executive leader of 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 a business would get a lot out of this book, too. Because yeah, we talk about money, we talk about profitability, you know, negotiating about the talent, contracts, uh, because I've been in the room, fly on the wall, the shadow, uh, listening as they're being presented those things. So uh, what it, no matter what side of the, the negotiating table you sit, be it executive or player or agent, um, I've got insider stories that I've gotten permission to release the details um, in the book. And it is uh, available later this fall, October of uh, 2022. 2022, yep. Uh, it will be available. Uh, you had mentioned off air that uh, it'll be available on uh, Amazon. Um, yep. I imagine you'll have links to it too on on your website, which is uh, I'll put a link to this on our website, adamritzshow.com. But your uh, website is 360mindset.com. 360, that the is number. Correct mindset.com. Yep. You've been operating this URL and this website uh, ever since I've known you. Uh, and it's got all of your, uh, I guess, philosophies and services and products and 
Yep, um, it's got ideology, philosophy. Got some videos on there to, to so you can see my uh, face made for radio uh, profile. Oh, not you know, uh, you're, you're a, a very attractive man. Uh, <laughs> I, trust me, Thank I you. I am in the face for radio business. I know a face for radio. You do not have one of those. Um, you oh, mentioned your so uh, you mentioned a podcast. Uh, Coach me up. Was that the name of one episode, or is that the name of your podcast? Uh, Coach Me Up podcast is listed, but it isn't open yet. What is open is my active podcast, uh, 360 Performance, uh, that is we we broadcast live every Friday, uh, 11 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. And then I uh, polish that and uh, put it on to the podcast sites, the platforms that any of you, if you if you just put in 360 Performance on the podcast list for Spotify um, I, you know, Google, Apple, you'll, you'll find all my episodes out there. We talk about, I talk with athletes from Olympic athletes to, uh, college elite athletes to, uh, professionals in the major sports, um, and issues in between. One of my favorite shows recently was, um, a racist locker room. Oh, uh, wow. That'll get, that'll get your blood pumping. Yeah. That's, uh, that sounds like a heavy episode. Yeah, it was really fun, um, and we the one follow the week right after that. The episode was um, the the relevance of faith on the field. So I had two two ministers on the show: one man of color, one man uh, a little paler than of color, and uh, both are good friends of mine. And we had a just a wonderful ecumenical discussion about the power of faith. And that's, you know, nowadays that's controversial when you when you want to oh, yeah, talk about, right. uh, you know, prayer on the field. Uh, you know, a lot of people yeah, want that gone. The- they want it off the field. And there are other yeah. people that are like, this is part of my life. You're not taking it away. Um, yeah, they're they're trying to lobby against uh, gathering at center field at the end of a game, going to the end zone and showing your reverence to your your healer. Um, I, I have my own opinion. But I'll I'll defer to the podcast uh, okay. on on Spotify because it's just so rich with the two pastors talking to me about what they hear in their services on Sundays where athletes and families are in co- are in conflict. Well, why can't my kid do that? I don't understand. Why is it so wrong? Okay. It's, uh, and those and those uh, episodes uh, again, you can find them through your your main website, three sixty mindset dot com. Is that, that the is, uh, is that the name of the? You're active on Facebook and Twitter as well. Is that three sixty mindset? Yep, three sixty mindset official on uh, Facebook. Uh, you'll see some wonderful things on there. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm you, yeah three sixty mindset. You you Google that, you'll get some playback. I've got just a couple minutes left. I wanted to squeeze in a question. You said something earlier that that triggered this in my head when you're talking about um little league especially uh with young kids what is your perspective on the notion that uh you know little league t-ball age doesn't keep score because they don't want kids to feel bad that lose well um i have altered my opinion about that over the years and remember i had a fairly competitive son and daughter uh, who played softball and baseball. And, and I have now four grandsons, two granddaughters. Uh, and 
my opinion is there needs to be a way for the child to identify when did I succeed? How did I succeed? And did that success give me any lessons about how to improve or alter what I was taught so far? And historically, the scoreboard was the way to, to look at, did I do it well or did I not do it well? Well, the, the things I've learned is mom and dad needs to look at skill sets and execution of skills and not the final score or the ribbon or the trophy they get. Because the people who didn't get a ribbon or trophy might learn more than those who did about their ability to perform and deliver. So my business is about performance, win or lose, because failure is a great example of how to learn more about yourself if you have high integrity and are humble enough to open the door to accept the failure and the error. And with youngsters, that's difficult, especially if they've got parents that are pushing to the win or the trophy. Mm-hmm. If you if you guide your child to executing the skills that are necessary to deliver the good hit, to deliver the reception, to deliver the takedown or the block or whatever the sport is, they will get the rewards that are equal to or greater than the skills they've distributed because they've executed well. I love uh, what you just said about uh, the kids that, that fail or don't win a trophy sometimes learn more than the uh, or they do learn more than the kids who do yeah. win all right uh lowell i can't thank you enough for your time his website is 360mindset.com the new book coach me up will be out later this fall i'll have links to all of this on our website he is dr lowell whiteman and you are a gentleman <laughs> thank you for joining us adam you're wonderful thanks my friend have a great day the Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out of Home Marketplace at Vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit AdamRitzShow.com.